Welcome to another episode of Insight with IO. Today, I'm with Andre Humphrey Medes, co-founder and director of Thread Studios. Welcome, Andre. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Um, it's an honor to have you. Um, of course, as I ask every guest, why don't you actually you know, introduce yourself in a way whereby you know how to do best and just tell people who you are, what you do, so they get a better clarification. I'm, I'm a co-founder um of a digital agency and or production agency uh, specializing in fashion and lifestyle but also uh i'm a co-founder running a photography and film studio space in peckham uh, my business partner is jay london uh, he's also a presenter for capital extra and um yeah between myself and him obviously we head this brand um i'm more of the forefront to do with the, the direction of the brand um, Jay's more of a, well, I'll say now, more of a silent business partner, um, just in regards to, you know, when it comes to the business and financial side of things, we, you know, we talk, the, the crunch talk basically when it comes <laughs> to certain things, but, um, but yeah, sorry, we special we specialize in fashion and lifestyle work anyway. So production work. Amazing. So before doing that, who were you, what were you doing? Just to get like an insight into the Andre himself. <laughs> How far are we going back? Like what from teens or are we going into as an adulthood? What uh, you can go into teens. Um someone that didn't think this was gonna be his direction. Um someone that was probably more interested in sports. That sounds quite cliche, but that was the truth. I was mm. very into my sports. Um, from football, basketball, or oh, actually basketball, athletics, basketball, then football. Right. Um, then track or really? I mean, track or field? Track, of course. Definitely track, <laughs> definitely track. Like, actually, hurdles. Interesting. Hurdles, hurdles. Um, but I think getting older, going to university. Um, actually, after university, I went and got an equivalent teacher degree as well. So I ended up working in a primary school, St. John and St. James in Hackney. People, a lot of people don't even know about that. Um, <laughs> only a few. But I think after what I studied within, especially graphic design and fashion, um, you know, I ended up having a lot of good opportunities um, that I'm grateful for in regards to maybe some of the people that we met along the way. Um, another backstory is that I actually had a brand at the time. Um, so I was really into the whole clothing side of things and I had a brand called divisions. Um, and I think as a East London based brand, it kind of circulated quite well in regards to that whole premium mentality. So my mm. head was already on this like luxury <laughs> premium way of thinking anyway. Um, but yeah, as, as, as time moved on, like the reason why me and Jay is it's not just friends or like, you know, we, we, we always knew the same circle anyway, but like becoming more friends is because of understanding our passions. Mm. So where I was interested in, in fashion anyway, and really delving into that. And I was more about, I was, I was more interested about just people's stories. So designer stories, like how did they get there? So how can like, like your podcast now, it's like, how did you get there as an entrepreneur? Mm. It's like the similarities in regards to, I was more interested in brands like that. So, you know, doing internships and work with people like Wale Diami, like, and, and understand a lot of designers at the time, like or maybe I was just mingling with all the right people at that time. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then Jay was someone that was an inspiring presenter. Um, and he was more focusing on on really like trying to be that TV personality, but at the time it was more like radio personality. So it's just, it's, it's really, it's amazing to know that like he's achieved that from that side and I've kind of achieved what I'm doing. So that's the whole fast forward. But um, um, I think my main point is that we we started this platform behind the scenes while we was working and doing these projects. Um, and we ended up calling it Fred's TV. Um, and we kind of like knew all the right people. So it was all to do with not being a collective, but bringing people together that was not just like-minded, but really worked well in all these different areas. So like camera, um, or producer, uh, one of our other business partners at the time, Dimas Haddad, um, who's a director now, um, he, he was working for Universal at the time as well. He used to get me a little job through that, some jobs through them. And um, it was something where like, we all had these areas mm. already young, but still like trying to grow to these stages. And um, yeah, it was meant to be a commission TV show. Um, it didn't happen, which was a bit of a, a bit of a down at one point, but then when we actually released it on Vimeo at the time and not YouTube, it's because we cared about quality from the word go. So in regards towards um, being on Vimeo, it ended up going viral. And when it went viral, it attracted all of these like agencies, platforms and brands, especially because we focus on brands are thinking, what's this, this like online TV show, like, you know, at mm. the time it was like 12 to 15 minutes long. Um, it had all these free segments, like, if I can remember our brand spotlight, what's hot and what's not. That's like the whole street style where the person speaks in the street. Then we had my style, which was kind of the music or personality side where it had Jay as a presenter showing his skills and attributes, interviewing these celebrities at the time or personals at the time and speak to them about style and music, that mm. whole combination. And then we actually had a time where we had like this acoustic ending and stuff like that as well. So we kind of introduced musicians. So it was so well executed at the time, but it was still online. It, it attracted a lot of brands um, and agencies. So like Liberty and and then I remember like SB, I remember Crime, like all these kind of platforms at the time, they actually went to buy us out. Um, and when we realized that we started to get this attraction, then we started realizing our product a bit more. Oh. This is still while working on other stuff. And then like, yeah, me and Jay, we, we sat down. Um, other people started to kind of go their direction based on how they saw themselves, you know, um, moving on as individuals and so on, which happens. Me and Jay sitting down and we said, what do we want to be? Um, I think when you start getting paid differently from something that you never thought you was going to get paid from in that capacity, um it was a kind of a game changer for us to know that all right cool we want to be more of a service for brands because we started producing more work for brands and not for our own content and getting paid through that it was now like your champion or your adidas or your or lacoste or your top man and you want us to do a job for you and you're not even trying to say we want to put it on threads anymore this is like your advert or this is your you know mm. so but they wanted our authenticity the way we we did at the time. So I feel like at the time there was quite a few collectives, um, obviously at least about six, especially with menswear as well at the time. And we was part of that to do with like how we how we approach the new online fashion world. 
So it's really amazing now that probably after how many, like going on to like 10 years, you've got these kind of like new online platforms like Pack TV and all this kind of stuff that's doing amazing things. But in my mind, it's like a reminisce of like, I, I maybe we helped shaped that side of things, but then the youth are doing it their way now and it's and it's proper good. Like, you know what I mean? It's good yeah. to see, but it's not the things that I might wear, but then it's good to really see that transition. So I think um, fast forward everything, me and Jay, and especially with myself, obviously we're thinking more careers now, obviously I've left my job, all that kind of stuff. And it was now just focusing on on more of the, like what are we as a business, you know? Um, yeah, so as a business now, we never really just knew business. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just knew what it was, <clears throat> let alone trying to say you're trying to run an agency and like, what is an agency? You know, even if you've worked with an agency, it's like, what is an agency? You know, how does it really work financially? Like, what do, what do they take from the brands? That's why they're the top agency in the world, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Then another side is me personally, I'm, a, I'm now, well, for a while now, but I was, I was learning and understanding how to be a, 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 a top end creative director. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, people might see that as, as a stylist, they might just see as pulling the team together and just producing the shoot. Um, it's not bad. Other people might see it as I can just put a team together and make amazing stuff happen. Um, I think the way I was mentored by, again, someone that played a, a massive part in my my career of, of information was um, someone that made me understand more about user experience and understanding consumerism within creative work of like creating an advert that really penetrated how someone would kind of buy or how someone would have a, a web experience and, and all this kind of stuff. Like, mm. so that was like a, like a game changer amongst create, like being creative within it. So that, that was me really understanding strategy, you know, but being creative to the max. Another person that I was mentored by was someone that works for another key agency and he he was a black man um, that I, I identified as someone that was in such a elite position as an MD for one of the biggest companies in the world. And just maybe that's where I can get more familiarized to kind of say, not because he just looks like me and now I'm like, oh my gosh, he's my savior. <laughs> I think it was more to do with because he knew his like he knew his craft, mm. he knew his job and he knew how to be him. And he's, he's, he's addressing that to me. He didn't look at me and, and see me as, oh, I'm just a, a young up and coming person. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to be in something. He kind of just like nurtured how I was thinking and made me understand within the whole advertising world where as a business, where certain money is made across the stream of, even if you don't work in sales, how do you understand sales? How do you understand marketing? How do you understand that links towards what an art director and creative director will teach me, but at the same time, understanding the value of your own product and letting that not be tampered and mm. being bold and brave and, and very direct about that side of the business, you know? Mm. He dressed casual, he used to wear like, Kind of funny because he had his English, but he had this American kind of look where it was like 
His jeans were mad baggy. It's like the NBA. You know, like the NBA when they wear <laughs> yeah. their suits and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's just baggy. He just had these jeans and it was just like baggy, but then he wore like Air Forces and he just had this fitted top, like, and it was like not fitted where it's too tight, so loose. But you can tell, like, he was just a big guy in it. And you just yeah. think he looks intimidating in itself. But how he articulated himself, how he came across, how he knew his area was just like, it was too inspiring for me. Like, and I just think what was important was he never actually gave me the answers. Like none of them did. What they kept on doing was constantly making me think. And so they'll just, they'll, they'll more time pose questions rather than say, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Consistently. So what kind of questions? Were they questions like, so what do you think is the best thing to do? Or were they scenario type situations? If this happens, what would you do? Definitely everything that you said, both of them. Both of those examples you said. Mm. One of them was just like the scenario. What would you do in the scenarios of like, what's your concept or thoughts? Another one would just be a question. I said, like, what do you think about it? And would they ever say that your answer's right or wrong? Or would they just leave <laughs> they you? Know, they know. They'll just leave you to do it. You know what it, you yeah, find out. They, they, they would never say it's wrong. They would make me think of another scenario of if I said something and it wasn't really the appropriate way. That's the that's the key thing. It's not because it's wrong. It's like there's another approach. So there's, think, there's a better way. But again, we got to leave room for mistakes. Mm. That's how we progress, right? Like yeah. if we don't learn from something, then how do you come? If you feel you know it all, then you shouldn't be on earth. Like you got to find <laughs> yeah. another route of where to be. That's that's part of your perfection. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But I feel like they made sense out of things that made me think wider. Mm. So being someone someone that grew up in East London, which I didn't say, and yeah, I grew up in the same environment and everything else and whatever, that is more classes, the private areas, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's something that the information that I received, people that was in professional environments probably wouldn't have received it exactly in that way unless they were fortunate enough to get that. So I felt like I received that personally, you know? Um, and it was part of why Fred's is what it is today, even with a business partner, you know? Yeah. And of course, I have to ask that. You mentioned that over time, people started going their separate ways, doing their own things. Why did you come up with the concept of Fred's in the first place? What was the, like, why? What was the thought behind it? What was the why? Because you know what, it was it was it was working on a project at the time that kind of brought a lot of the friends, some affiliates as well together. Like it allowed me to kind of without even knowing what it was, but it allowed me to respect working in, in a team environment. Like, you know, and not just because it's being created and it's forced, it was actually because we was all really skilled at what we was what we was doing at the time. I think the concept is always good, but anyone can have an idea, but how do you develop it? Sometimes the development doesn't come from the individual. It literally comes from your surroundings, your right surroundings anyway. Mm. Whether there's a dispute or not, a disagree or agree to disagree, it's still being developed regardless. Like, you know, um, if you talk about it from a brand point of view, there's brands that are still making some bad controversial decisions, but they're still the same brand. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, so I think what's important is understanding how does that get improved with immediate effect? Um, whether we stand by the brand or not, that's our choices as individuals. But I think that that allowed me to kind of understand when I'm working with my friend, 
um, and he focuses within art and whatever, it's seeing him or her passionately just driving their their area, but at the same time, it, it, it has an effect on myself in terms of it helps me or I see. So it's like that kind of situation. Um, yeah, I thought it was, I, I, I think it's it, it was again it was an eye opener without knowing this is what it is. Fair enough. And of course, you mentioned um, your co-founder, like partner. Yeah. Um, obviously, this season is about business and relationships, different types of relationships there are, and how they affect business. Now, mm-hmm. you're in a you're in, you're, you're a co-founder. You're it's not a oh this is my own my very own thing. I you know it's my idea, my idea alone. Like how did how do you find like being a co-founder? Because there's people out there and they have great ideas but they don't necessarily have all the resources and everything they need to actually bring the idea into fruition. And at the same time, they're afraid of maybe sharing that idea and having partners and things because their mind is more concerned of what they lose rather than what they gain. So mm. I thought you'd be a good person to maybe give advice on that aspect to people. I think what, what was interesting that, like obviously touch wood, like things is always going to stay the same in a way, but obviously progression. I think Jay at the time was was heavily like he was really involved you know um because this lent more towards my passions in a way after a certain time it was kind of slowing down his process of being a presenter as a core focus as that's his career as well mm. now i think the reason why we work we're friends today like you know but i think we just in a sh- very strange way where we're very, we're quite different. We, we understand the goal and because we consistently kept on reminding ourselves about the goal, it allowed us to kind of understand what we do have. Mm. So we'll make it clear. Like this is my career in full where I'm in now. Mm. At least we know that. And I know that he's got a good asset. Mm. So if, certain things from another side of him like slows down you've got something to support that yeah do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. even if i'm still forefront in it but i think that's important for a lot of us to kind of try to understand our formulas of that it's not to say this is the right formula this is what we just come down to where he doesn't need to make the decisions on behalf of this business anymore because it's fingers crossed it's under control mm. <laughs> like do you know what I mean like do you know yeah. what I mean like I make a lot of mistakes within it but I feel what's important is to know that I really do have someone to speak to mm. properly that knows this direction do you know what I mean like your family doesn't even understand some of the directions because they wasn't introduced to understand it in that way unless you introduce them but if you're talking between business partners and friendship it's like you go understand or try to understand the differentiation so, yeah, he used to tell me that I'm like a workaholic. Like, I had many people tell me that. But it's because that's how they've seen it. Mm. But when all the good things is happening, it's always very something that you can identify. But when it comes to that real back end side, where you kind of feel a little bit like I'm stuck in the mud, who do you really talk to? If your mum doesn't understand what your job is, that's not her fault or your dad, that's because they're not aware of what is meant to happen in that business. So who do you have to really speak to? So when you are co- when you, when you do have that partnership, then 
it's the weirdest marriage that you don't want. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, because it, it's something where it kind of just works hand in hand. So I speak more highly on that side. But then in regards to when you when you go through a few more years of experience of what you're doing, you just know that your gut feeling knows that everything's okay. Mm. But it doesn't mean you just come come back together when there's a problem. You just got to just communicate. Do you know what I mean? You got to speak. But um, I'll be honest, as much as I've got a business partner, I've also got like people, people that you know, like I know you've interviewed from last time, like the Gavins or the Age or other people that you literally can speak to that understands your field. Do you know what I mean? So mm. if you need to have a rant, they'll understand it. If you need to talk about your goals or if you need to talk about the the productive side of everything, you know you've got someone that or people that can really give you honest opinions and then you separate that. And then if you do build friendships with that, it's like you can switch off on work and just be you yeah. and what we do, get food or <laughs> go out or relax just be a regular person just be a just be you like do you know what i mean an everyday person like if you like i can be immature in certain ways but that's because that's me outside it but when mm. it comes to my working environment i just know how to be in work environment you know but still try to add some personality regardless of course yeah and of course i mean it would be a waste if i didn't ask for the people that are sitting at home thinking right so how can i be like andre i've got the idea i know what i want to do but I don't have anyone to practically guide me. So in terms of practicalities on how for people can um, maybe create their own agency or, you know, of course you can't say everything because look, <laughs> it's just not that kind of thing. But if there's like, you know, the three like must do's and three, you know, do, don'ts that you would maybe advise someone that's like, right, what's the first thing I should do? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I was sitting at home thinking, right, it's the, it's the first thing I do. You What's know. the three things? <laughs> yeah. What's the three things? I think um, it's top of my head to say that even to say it's in order. I think one, one of the things is like, it's a gamble. Going into the whole thing of what, like, I, it's like I never classed myself as an entrepreneur. Like, I never said, oh, like, this is my statement, my title. It was more to do, and, and 100%. Doing this business is not me trying to be a boss either. Like, I don't even like the term boss, like, like of what is the stigma behind it. Yeah, like, I'd rather say a director because it directs the people around me. But I would like anyone I'm working with to feel like they're their own directors, even if they're working under an establishment. Because I can go and work for another company. If I literally had to stop and work for another company, I could do that. I'm not too pride like my mm. pride doesn't kick and say no nah, i don't want to work for anyone else like because i technically do our bread and butter is work with the brands that actually pay us retainers and so on and so on so technically we're kind of under but there's an alignment agreement where it's a partnership so it does come more 50 50 do you know what i mean mm. but technically you're not they're still paying how you survive as a brand yeah mm. oh shit i'm trying to think of the freeze though sorry um i think it's it's like Consistency, mm -hmm. Stephanie won. Um, definitely got to be headstrong. And you got to understand how to trust because that's what we find hard as entrepreneurs. Like we, it's hard to like, everyone thinks, oh, when you think of your own business, they see it as that's your baby. Mm -hmm. your, your, your child only gets older, isn't it? So 
let them get old, like let them mm. grow, let them make their decisions. So if you're looking at it from like a team perspective, again, it's like, even if you, you build a team and it's not the right people that's part of your journey, that's not so much of a bad thing because I always say to everyone from a staffing point of view, if you're going to be here for a year, make it the best year you can you can do and then you 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 should feel like you can move on. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And the way I think and the way we just think generally as a brand is like, if that person's end up going to New York or they go to Dubai or they go Scotland or they go Liverpool, that is our relationship and our message that's also gone with that because they've had such an amazing year of doing what they can and their 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 level for the company that's what's that's the thing that's ingredients that i've been given do you know what i mean so it's not like oh i'm gonna go there take all the information i'm gonna just go no it's like how can you show your value to say why i need to go back so there's people i've worked with and that's worked for myself and it's like we just got this amazingly weird network of always finding a way to kind of find a project for each other do you know what I mean? And yeah. they're not always based in London. Like it's just wherever. And I think it's not because of, it's about being too nice and or you're being too much of a of a certain kind of character. I think it's just a genuine understanding of if you do have a good or reasonable or amicable network around you, it's like it's not a using factor. It's attributes. Mm. So you're working on each other's attributes and you're building that. That's the amazing thing. So I've I've learned it from that way, and someone else would definitely learn it in many other ways. But that's what I've I've witnessed. Fair enough. And three mistakes or three, you know, don't start trusting people. people. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> don't trust people. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, I think I think um, don't understand how to to when you are receiving income understanding how to balance that in the right areas especially if you're not strong at it i wasn't i've was never strong at maths you know but i think what's important was taking time out to try to understand how not to spend i was someone that probably used to spend quite comfortably it can look like it's reckless but i don't think i was reckless i just think that when you know you've got x amount it's like all right cool all right. So I think it's try to try to just be smarter with your income in regards to what comes in as a business. How can you pull it into areas that really benefits your business, even before yourself as an individual? Because that's how you're going to survive at the end of the day for your business, if that's your main income. Um, does that come on as a don't, don't, don't think you don't spend as much? Uh, well, don't, don't be so frivolous with your money, should we say? <laughs> is that that's a good I don't even know what that word means but frivolous is that's the right word yeah. that sounds good to me right all right cool so within that and then um uh don't 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 number two I think um don't be too harsh on yourself you know I think we go through so many different things we go through so many different things where we need to kind of like make these decisions and we always think it needs to be the right decision but I think like it's okay to make those mistakes so don't be too harsh on yourself as an individual, especially if you're by yourself, you know? And if you do have the right people that you know you can speak to, then like seek advice through your friends that can really give you the right information back. Um, and I think the last one would be like, um, 
don't be too proud like to know if something is not going right you can start again basically like you can try to like you know don't feel like you've just got this lifespan and if you don't prove it within that time then it's, it's over you know what i mean like if it doesn't work out then you can stop rethink about it work out other ways that can benefit what you're doing speak to the people that you think can help benefit what you're doing and then go for another approach and smash it that way and keep on building because again we have to learn our mistakes when it's amazing it's great it looks good from a social media point of view from a it looks great but the bottom line is when it comes to behind the scenes is is it can get to your head like mentally so yeah they're my, they're my free appreciate it I think a lot of people have so many takeaways from this episode. Um, I think people that were about to throw in the towel are actually going to realise, you know, it's not the end of the road. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate your time. And of course, every guest, I must ask them to give me an interesting fact that no one would know unless they listen to the episode. Well, it's running out of time anyway. So we've got got a minute left. Um, So what what was it again? One interesting fact. One interesting fact. Of your choice. About you, of course. Um, okay, cool. I, I, one interesting fact is one of, if not my favorite rappers, I've got, I've got to work with Kendrick Lamar. Like that's something that was really good. Um, people are still envious about that. (laughs) You know, I don't want to say no names, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, no, getting, getting to work with someone like, someone like Kendrick was, was a big achievement. And obviously he came to one of my first studios and stuff like that as well. We got to create some really amazing work and, and it's funny because it's unseen footage. So I don't know when he's going to put it out. I don't know if it's part of his archive, but I see that stuff and it's like, cool, I've got it. Amazing. Well, Andre, it's been a pleasure to have. Thank you, my bro. Hopefully we have another episode of you. And that's it. Peace. <laughs>